Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, I'm George Cup, And I'm Callum Gurr. And you're about to listen to the podcast version of To Be Discussed with Cup and Gurr. Please note that this is a podcast, so it's not a live broadcast. So please do not try to vote in any of the polls or send in messages to any of our discussions, as your message will not be registered, but you may still be charged. Also, please note that not all of the opinions expressed in this podcast are our actual opinions, but may be expressed to create a better discussion. Anyway, enjoy the podcast and don't miss our live broadcast every Sunday on Wizard Radio Station. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of To Be Discussed with Cuff and Gurr. My name is Callum Gurr, and I will be joined by my co-host and political opposite, George Cup. Hello, everyone. This evening, Callum and I will prove to you that you can have impassioned debates whilst holding vastly different opinions without falling out at the end of the night. We'll be discussing should Big Ben bong to signal Brexit on the 31st of January? Who is your favourite royal couple? And is it wrong that supermarkets are already stocking Easter confectionery? With each of these discussions being accompanied by polls, which you have the chance to vote on at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen. And these discussions will be open until the end of the song break between each topic. Uh, But first, last week we asked for you to send your opinions over on the question, where do you see yourself in 10 years time? And the first opinion came in from Georgie. Georgie said, I would have graduated from university by then. 
that feels light years away. <laughs> hopefully, I'll be starting on a good, well-paid job, hopefully as a junior doctor or a vet. I can't decide which one I would rather do. And we'll have also met someone special and be starting to settle down and start in my own family. Also, I would like to think that I would have moved out of, of home by then too, but I don't really know how realistic that is, to be honest. I mean, George, what, what, do, what do you make of that as kind of next stages in someone's life? Yeah, I, I, I must admit, hearing that, Georgie, it's, it's made me feel all lovely inside. I think that's such a, a lovely, um, optimistic way to look at the few, the next 10 years and have a really nice plan set out. I think sometimes people can be quite afraid to to set out these plans and to live up to them. But I, I really do think that if you work hard enough, um, which I'm sure you are, um, you will be able to reach these goals that you've set yourself. And, and it's absolutely amazing that you want to become either a junior doctor or a vet. And that, that is just incredible. It really is. And it's nice as well that you are already thinking about the 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 prospect of settling down and having a family um and and even moving out it's 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 incredible i mean we're in our 20s now and neither of us have have moved out or settled down um <laughs> but callum uh do you were you that ambitious <laughs> uh yeah yeah i think i i, I was that ambitious certainly i mean um Obviously, we don't know exactly how old Georgie is, but I'm guessing she's in school still. Um, so I, I think in school I, I was that ambitious, and I suppose realistically I, I, I still am in terms of oh, well, I, I don't have any ambitions to be a junior doctor or a vet, obviously. But um, I think if we consider what when was I last in school? Uh, five years ago, six years ago, five years ago, we'll say. Uh, I've still got another five years to achieve some of the other things. Obviously, I suppose the equivalent would be kind of getting into a, the career that you want to do. Hopefully, I'm on the right track in terms of that. And in terms of, you know, meeting someone so special and, and settling down, um, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure that's something I absolutely want to do right now. But there's still obviously time if, if it was a major kind of ambition um, that I have. I mean... George, how on track do you think you are in, in terms of achieving similar things to what Georgie wants to achieve? Oh, that's a very big question, Callum. Um, I, <laughs> I, it's it's hard because I think if I if I look at where I was um, when I was back at school, I, I didn't have any ambitions to really do what I'm doing right now. Um, but I, I suppose I can tick that I'm potentially hopefully moving out soon potentially getting on to, with my future career and stuff so yeah i think in terms of being ambitious when i was younger i i think i've been able to be quite um successful in in achieving some of those ambitions Good. um right so our next opinion comes from ricky and they say no doubt in 10 years time i'll still be here talking about brexit i would actually really like to have a successful radio show or podcast in the next 10 years because i really enjoy talking to people about what they think about politics and the news and i listen to to be discussed every week thank you ricky uh, when i eventually have a career i would like to be a policeman so hopefully i'll be training for that or just be finishing my training to be a policeman i think it's such an interesting job and also always it will always be needed. So it's relatively economically proof. Callum, do you uh, do you agree with uh, with uh, Ricky's choices here? Do you, th do you think 
having a uh, podcast or a radio show is is fun yeah i absolutely think it's fun of course i mean i'd be <laughs> sat on the spot if i said it, it wasn't wouldn't i um but it, it did strike me that that sounds so much like you george if you if you'd have been filling this out um you know, five, five or six years ago, probably, you'd have been saying probably something quite similar. Um, s- certainly in terms of uh, wanting to be a, a policeman. Um, obviously, that was your ambition as well. So I suppose there's um, there, there's a real kind of parallel there, uh, which I find really interesting. But obviously, um, as Ricky says, um, I think getting into the police force is a, is a really good thing to do. Um, obviously, you know, they're great public servants and also they're they are relatively um, um, economy proof, as, as he says, and, and you, it, it won't really ever get to a stage where we don't need the police force. Um, so it's a, it's a really good, I think, ambition to have. I mean, obviously, George, you've walked these um, steps a little bit. Um, what, what more kind of um, light can you shed uh, on this to Ricky? Well, uh, let's start off with the policing aspect. I would definitely say um, by the time you you really want to get into the police, uh, they will be expecting everyone to have degrees um, to get into the police, Ricky. So definitely look down the degree path of of, by training up into the police. I've got a degree in policing. Um, and it definitely helps you with the understanding and, and the academic side of, of the law and everything like that. Um, and then also with the, the podcast and radio show side, I honestly, if, if that's something you're really passionate about and getting a message out there about politics and talking to people, then start contacting radio stations and local radio stations and, and student radio stations, because you never know, they might be looking for someone to, to help them um, either get in touch with the more younger side of, of their listeners or just someone that is interested in politics and that is younger. Um, I mean, that is kind of how um, back in the day um, Teenscope started for, for Callum and I when, when we became presenters of that. Um, so don't be afraid to, to get in contact with radio stations to see if you can help them in any way um, and you never know where that will lead. Yeah, yeah. You, you never know until you ask, really. And that's always what kind of my mum and dad have taught me and I think that's you... always a, a good thing. You have nothing to lose. That's always a good saying to go by. Yeah, exactly. Uh, moving on to our next opinion, it's from Izzy. Izzy uh, lives in the USA, actually. And she said, I'm not sure where I'll be in two years, so it's hard for me to predict where life could take me in 10 years. But I'm hoping to move from the East Coast to the West Coast because I'm just obsessed with California and the beach. One of the most important things would be my job. I'm in high school now, but in 10 years, I'll have been working for about three years. That would be great. I don't really know what I want to do, but maybe something in entertainment or conservation. I think that job is going to be really important in the next 10 years. I mean, obviously, George, you kind of had vague ambitions well back in the day to go into something to do with conservation as well, didn't you? (laughs) I did. (laughs) <laughs> this is just just uh, showing how many uh, different careers I wanted when I was younger. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, and I know you too well. That's the trouble, George. <laughs> um, but I, I think I think it's really interesting. Um, and uh, and Izzy's so right that I think there's going to be so many different careers and 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 career prospects within the um, 
the environmental side of of things because obviously everyone's attention is is going towards the environment and how we can stop climate change and i think because of that whether it's scientific research or, or going out there in a zoological way um i really think that that kind of job market is going to grow and grow and grow as years to come i mean it's a, it's a really really important thing to do but one point i think izzy has has made um really well and i'm i don't know whether you feel the same callum but do you do you feel sometimes it is hard to really plan ahead when we were talking about 10 years time when do you think it's easier just to plan your future in steps or or do you think it is a good idea to plan really far and ahead like we've asked um our audience um i think it's good to have an underlying ambition but um maybe trying to resolutely plan what you're going to do for the next 10 years is really really difficult especially at our age given that you know the job market maybe is not particularly good um and you know we're, we're very prone to changing our mind i think as as younger people um so i mean because if you'd have asked me what i wanted to do um when i was kind of in say school um I'm not even sure I had a clue what I wanted to do. And I think that really emphasizes um, Izzy's point. Um, so so I think, yeah, you're right, George, that you can't really plan for, for you know, 10 years down the road. Um, but it's always good, I think, to just have an ambition of, of where you want to go, as it were. Is that how you feel? Yeah. Yeah, I, I really, really do. And um, I, I think it's, it's, it's so... Um sometimes easy to, to, to set out a such a I don't, I don't know a dream future um and and to to maybe sometimes not live up to that that future and i and i th I, I personally take life in, in in small steps where i i will try and yeah have a end vague goal but ultimately i i want to be able to plan what i'm doing today or tomorrow or next week um because i just forget things yeah and i think one final thing i say is as well is to not just do it based upon what other people are doing and what therefore you think you should be doing based upon other people be be your own person and such and just because they're you know settled down in the job like straight after school doesn't mean you have to go and do that as well yeah. right then uh, remember we'll be announcing what the question will be for you to send in your opinions on at the end of tonight's show so make sure you're ready for that for the chance to be featured in this segment of next week's show uh, but we've reached time for our first song break, so we'll be back very soon. Hello and welcome back. So let's move on to our second discussion of this evening. And we're asking the question, should Big Ben bong? to signal Brexit on the 31st of January. So those who wish to celebrate Britain leaving the EU hope to do so in the same manner as New Year's Eve, by looking up at a clock and hearing the bongs of Big Ben. However, because it's currently go undergoing refurbishment, in order for it to bong, a special measure, uh, special measures would have to be put in place, which could cost up to £500,000. So far... So far, nearly £160,000 has been raised through public efforts um, to make sure the iconic sound of Big Ben is heard on Brexit Day. But, Callum, what are your thoughts on this? Do you think we should mark this historic moment by allowing Big Ben to bong? I think it's um, 
difficult because my first reaction was no we absolutely shouldn't you know there's a better <laughs> use of public funds uh, and I, I to a certain extent i do still stand by that um you know i think the arguments against doing this are are fairly strong but i also think that like it all over um we are entering a new era as a country now um and and a kind of new beginning and i think we should um to a certain extent celebrate that or at least mark that um and and i think on that basis we should be looking to have big big ben bong um it's so ridiculous <laughs> it's hard to say isn't it <laughs> it's terribly hard to say um but um so i think yeah we we should be looking to to have the bells ring i'm gonna say the bells ring on uh, <laughs> on big ben um because i just think it would at least you know mark this as it is a a new dawn has broken has it not as a uh, tony blair would say uh, <laughs> what do you think george um i am on the the kind of same page as duke callum in the terms that it's it's hard for for me personally I, to justify it being bonged when it's it could cost um taxpayers five hundred thousand pounds however i feel differently about it if publicly fund fu it can be publicly funded through donations um and they do reach a, a enough of a of amount to allow it to bong i think definitely then there there is no real excuse for it not to happen um yeah. i i understand the parameters around why there there are or it could cost this amount of money is because um, it, we would need to have make sure that there are um, certain things in place from the, the maintenance that is going on. Um, they would have to replace stuff to ensure that the the hammer can hit the 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 bell or, or whatever. Um, and and I think because of that, I mean, people are saying, oh yeah, but you do it on New Year's and stuff. But they are planned events, and and the mechanics that are working on Big Ben are able to. Um, prepare for that and um, unfortunately because this is this idea has only really just come about in terms of being quite realistic they only have what two weeks left if that to ensure that um big ben is ready to bong um so i understand that how hard the parameters might be for this to go ahead but as you rightly say callum this is a incredibly historic moment within um the united kingdom's history and we i believe should be celebrating this moment because whether you like it or not the mandate that was given to parliament by the public is finally being put through and it is finally happening and we should be celebrating that as a nation i i think this is time for unity this is time for us to start a new century on a new page and to develop within the whole world um, as a global nation. And, and I think what better way to have a significant bell bong? <laughs> I mean, I guess the, the counter argument to what you and I have said, George, is other than obviously the, the cost would be that obviously the Brexit vote was highly divisive. Um, and, you know, 48% of the country didn't actually want Brexit. Um, that's 16 million people. Um, and the polls suggest really that the, the country hasn't really changed its mind that much, despite the fact, obviously, the Conservatives did get a majority, but um, obviously under a very different voting system to what a, a referendum has in effect. 
Um, I mean, what's your defence to that in terms of the division that may be bonging Big Ben <laughs> uh, could cause? <laughs> well, or facilitate. I, sorry, I I don't. Unfortunately, um, the division is already there, and and I don't think by bonging a bell will actually sorry will actually um, make any real difference in w- whether that division increases or not. Um, as I often say, if I ever go and do talks about Brexit and I get people moaning at me about oh I voted Remain and it's just causing division, I I say look, this this is you lost. It doesn't mean that. You then just ha- you can't get on with life. You can still be have a prospect and still be optimistic about this country. You know, the, a decision has been taken for us to leave the EU. And if Remainers just sit there and 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 don't um, accept what has what is going on, then they won't be able to help this country develop further outside of the EU. I know it might not be what they want, but we need everyone together in in this society to ensure that this country is a success outside of the EU. Um, and we can't allow those divisions to carry on. Um, and I feel like possibly if Big Ben did bong, then um, it would be a chance to say, look, we are now in a area where we are moving out. We can stop this name calling of Brexiteers and Remainers. We are people, we are British people that want the best for our country. And I think that's where we should draw the line. We should stop labeling each other on which side of, of which argument we are on. Um, and I believe that Big Ben going off could be a, a good, good time to start that relationship up again yeah yeah i, I mean i i think that there isn't a credence to that argument as such because I, I think um this could this bonging of big ben could be a kind of really cathartic moment in terms of signifying signifying the fact that we, we've almost cleansed ourselves of of this brexit debate um and and that that is over i mean as um in in R- Ricky's opinion, in the earlier segment, he said about oh, probably in ten years' time, I'll still be talking about Brexit. Um, well, hopefully, actually, we've reached a point now where actually that won't be the case. Um, other than we might talk about whether or not it was overall net good for this country or or net bad, but effectively the actual substance of the debate in terms of being able to change anything is over now. Um, and and so I think there's a real argument to be made that um, by bringing Big Ben, Big Ben and other kind of um, big um, cultural destinations and churches, um, we really signal that, and we signal that this is a, a change for our country, um, and that that we're getting past those really divisive um, times that we've we've lived through because it has been incredibly divisive, I think. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And do you, do you think now this this is going to be quite a a uh, controversial question? I I do believe, but do you believe that possibly the thirty first of January should become a bank holiday to um, make Brexit Day, I suppose, as it is, um, that little bit more significant, and so it lasts throughout history. Uh, let's not go too far. I don't <laughs> think, uh, <laughs> um, <laughs> look, I, I think. It at this point in time, I don't think we can say that it's it's got enough significance to be granted its own bank holiday. 
um, I think there's far more of an argument to be made that um, St George's Day should be a bank holiday, yeah. um, similar to how St David's Day is in Wales and St Andrew's Day is in Scotland. Yeah. Um, you know, so I think there's a much more of an argument to be made that a day that already should have significance, although I'd argue that it probably doesn't have as much significance as it should do, that should be made a bank holiday rather than um, this Brexit date. Because also we've had multiple dates when Brexit <laughs> was meant to happen, yes, ultimately. Um, I mean, what do you think, George? Are you, are you supportive of um, making the 31st of January a bank holiday? Uh, I, I'm, I'm a little bit... Um... Uh, cautious when when it goes to giving loads of bank holidays out i'm i'm i think that we have quite a few as it is and i and i think we shouldn't just be giving them to to possibly days that because this isn't technically uh, um us having a completely out of the eu but there is still the um oh, i can't remember what it's called transition period to go through um and we still got that to go through and then after that we will like really really be left and gone um so maybe that date will be the one that I propose for a bank holiday. But Callum, let's let's just have a quick scenario before we uh, end this question. Let's say you were elected as a new um, Lib Dem MP for for somewhere um, in the last general election. I know the Lib Dems actually gaining a seat. Shock horror. Um, <laughs> and and you you were in Parliament, and the amendment for should Big Ben bong on the thirty first of January came up. And you weren't whipped at all to to vote in any certain way. Would you abstain, or would you vote, or would you go through the no lobby, or would you go through the yes lobby with your conservative colleagues? As in, sorry, I just um, missed a little bit. So, to would I basically vote for an amendment to make Big Ben bong? Yes. Uh, I mean, it's very easy to say when you're not an MP and under the pressure of, obviously, it would probably significantly damage any Lib Dems career really to probably vote for it um but I I would say now I think it's as long as the cost isn't too extortionate I I think there's a massive argument to be made that it should so yeah I'd vote for it on that basis I think there we go Callum member of parliament's maiden speech right there Uh, (laughs) (laughs) right um and how do you think this poll is going to go Callum um I think it's going to be quite um, kind of 50-50, obviously not exactly. I'm going to say 55% say that, yes, it should bong. What about you? Well, I'm going to go for the good old um, EU referendum result and say 52% say, yes, it should, and 48% say, no, it shouldn't. (laughs) That would be spooky. (laughs) I know, it would, wouldn't it? Right, okay, so um, it is now time for our second song break of this evening. But remember to vote on this question. Should Big Ben bong to signal Brexit on the 31st of January? And you can do that at wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen, and we'll be back after this song break. Welcome back. So before that break, we asked the question, should Big Bang Bong to signal Brexit on the 31st of January? And you guys have been voting away and the results have just come in. So 33% of you said, yes, Big Ben should bong. And 67% of you said, no, Big Ben shouldn't bong. Well, Callum, are you uh, surprised at all by those results? Yeah, I I am quite surprised, actually. Um, As I said, I thought that there would be kind of a narrow 
vote either way, but I certainly thought yes would come out on top. Um, so obviously I'm massively surprised by not just the fact that no's come out on top, but that's quite a margin really um, to come out on top by. I mean, are you surprised? I presume you are as well, George. I am very surprised. Um, well, it, it, yeah, it's sad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess people are obviously put off um, by the cost of it. And also, as I said, I mean, Brexit has been divisive, really, from start to finish. Yeah. Um, or at least finish at this stage, I suppose you could say. <laughs> right then, moving on to our next discussion of this evening. And we are asking the question, who is your favourite royal couple? So a no, new long-term arrangement has been reached regarding the future of Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan Markle, after the pair had expressed a desire to step back from royal duties and gain more financial independence. The new arrangement sees the Duke and Duchess of Sussex drop the HRH from the end of their names, no longer receive public funds to carry out royal duties, and repay the £2.4 million of taxpayer money that the pair spent refurbishing their UK home of Frogmore Cottage. The move by the royals has split the nation, with many arguing it shows disrespect to the Queen, whereas others say it is inevitable after the couple endured racist and intrusive media coverage. But how has this whole episode affected the popularity of the couple? Up until about a year ago, there was speculation that Meghan Markle herself is more popular than Kate Middleton. But is that so? George... Who is your favourite royal couple out of the following? So we've got Prince Harry and Meghan, Prince William and Kate, the Queen and Prince Philip, and Prince Charles and Camilla. And so, George, which of those is your uh, favourite, as it were? Before, before I answer your question, Callum, I just want to quickly highlight something that um, our lovely listeners won't be able to see. That On our scripts, uh, Callum and I share a script so we can see what each other is saying and everything. And Callum's capitalised the fact that um, Frogmore Cottage cost £2.4 million of taxpayer money. Can I, <laughs> that, can that, I that, just that, say um, why I've done that? Right. Um, it's because actually, it, it's actually a. It wasn't me being like, oh my god, people, <laughs> four million pounds. No, it's because um, at uni they teach you that if you're going to put something on like a teleprompter type thing, if it's a number, you should capitalise it just so that they can really clearly see what what it is. So it was just to help me in reading it back and make mm. sure I got the currency right and how much it was and stuff like that. It wasn't actually me eternally screaming about it <laughs> i i'm sure a little bit actually was uh, maybe a little bit just a, a teeny tiny bit <laughs> um right let's get back to the question um who is my favorite uh couple of the royals well i i think it's going to be no surprise when i sit here and say that my favorite couple has to be the one and only the queen and that's not the band um and prince philip <laughs> The, the, to me, the Queen especially has been the role model that has seen this country through a lot of things and has been able to, um, I don't know, being the figurehead that has really made uh, patriotism still be alive today and made us be proud to, to, to be to uh of where we come from and and i think as well prince philip has supported the queen throughout her time um and they are a lovely couple and it's incredible that even to the age that they are 
Um, Prince Philip stepped down recently, but the Queen is still engaging within royal duties. Um, and she is incredible. She absolutely is incredible. And I, and I don't think that anybody couldn't really compliment her for the achievements and, and the, um, the abilities that she brings to the, to the role of Queen. Um, the next couple I would pick is probably Prince William and Kate. I think they are both going to bring a new dynamic to um, the monarch, the monarchy, and, and, and I think they will be a fresh style as well. Uh, I really do. And, and I, I respect the way that they've, they've been open to the public. Um, they are just seem like one of those really lovely, happy families. Um, and, and I would definitely put those in second place. Off. But Callum, enough about me. Uh, who would you pick as your favourite couple? <laughs> it's, uh, it's it's quite difficult, actually. I think I think this is a a really interesting discussion to have, actually, um, because I I do have a a certain level of respect for what Prince Harry and Meghan have done. Um, I think it actually takes a lot of courage to, within royal circles, especially, um, come out and um, say what they've done and, and kind of break with a lot of tradition with with, with what they've done um, not just in terms of what's happened this week but in that they're taking a lot of the newspapers that have um, done the particularly intrusive coverage um, and they're taking them to task and they're taking them to, to the courts um, and you know I think you, you have to take your hats off to them in a, in a sense um, for doing that, because I bet they would have taken a lot of stick from within royal circles to do that. Um, but then I do also actually like Prince William because he's an Aston Villa fan. <laughs> um, so I've always quite liked Prince William on, on that basis. Um, and I did actually write once to Prince William back when I was a, a monarchist to my shame, uh, or a royalist, I should say, to my shame. Um, back, this was when I was much younger and um, he did actually well obviously he didn't personally write back I'm not that famous unfortunately yet anyway uh, <laughs> but he sent me uh, but it was quite bizarre what he sent me it was before he'd obviously married Kate or anything like that so he was still relatively a minor player I suppose within um, the royal family but he sent me a pack about Prince Charles about the, the, the Duke of Edinburgh um, oh. which I you know, I, I found really, really strange the fact that he'd done that. Um, but I, I, I think, <laughs> and I've got a really interesting question for you, I think now, George, because obviously if we'd have done this probably a year ago, mm. if we'd have said, who's your least favourite out of these, you probably would have definitely said Prince Charles and Camilla. But obviously with the events that have happened with Prince Harry and Meghan this week, I'm, I'm interested to know, has that changed? Are they now the kind of real real enemy as it were within royalist circles um oh that's a really difficult question callum i do uh, try i i totally respect uh, prince harry and Meghan for the decisions that they have taken and i and i think that they are absolutely within their right to to live their own life and to step down from royal duties um and to step away from the pressures of the royal family and to actually live their own life and pay their own way. I would I would have a problem with it if they were still expecting to receive um, people's money through taxes, but they're not. They are going to pay their own way and ensure that they have a they pay for their own life. And I, and I 
totally do not have a problem with that. The thing I had a problem with is the way they disrespected the Queen, and not only just the Queen, but their own grandmother. Um, and for me, I find that hard, not only because she is the Queen, but because I couldn't see myself disrespecting um, my own grandmother like that. I would find it hard to do that. But obviously, we only know a certain amount of the, the situation. So I, I personally think, even though there are there are complications around Prince Harry and Meghan, um, I still would say that my least favourite is probably Charles and, and Camilla, because ultimately the, the history of Charles and Camilla still topples um the things that harry and megan have done i mean they haven't really done anything but um yeah i i would still put charles miller down of the bottom of the list what would, would you say callum i i mean are charles Camilla your least favorite i think so but i always have a certain um amount of sympathy i think for prince charles because uh, i mean obviously everything that happened with um, Diana, maybe that the, there's obviously big question marks over him, mm. but um, I do think he did have quite a troubled childhood, really. Oh um, yeah. I mean, if you if you watch The Crown, I mean, obviously <laughs> it's not a great way to assess what someone's life is like, but it certainly gives an indication of the fact that um, uh, the Queen and Prince Philip weren't perfect parents by any kind of measure. Mm. Um, who do you think is going to come out on top on this one, though, George? Who, who's going to be, um, to be discussed, listeners' favourite royal couple? Oh, I, uh, I'm going to say that it will be um, the Queen and Prince Philip. How about you, Callum? Yeah, I, I, I think it'll be the Queen and Prince Philip. But I think Prince Harry and Meghan will come um, quite close with that on second. Oh. We shall see. Uh, right then, uh, it's time for you guys to vote on this poll. So that question is, who is your favourite royal couple out of the following? Prince Harry and Meghan, Prince William and Kate, the Queen and Prince Philip, or Prince Charles and Camilla? And you can do that at wizardradio.co.uk for slash listen, and we'll be back very soon. Hello and welcome back. So before the break, we asked the question, who is your favourite royal couple out of the following? Um, and you guys have been voting away. So up top came Prince Harry and Meghan with 41%. Uh, the Queen and Prince Philip came next with 33%. Prince William and Kate got 20%. And then Prince Charles and Camilla done actually much better than I ever expected them to do. Uh, they got 6% uh, in that poll result. I mean, George, I mean, firstly, obviously, we were very wrong about who was um, um, people's favourite royal couple. But also, who are the 6% who are voting for Prince Charles and Camilla? I really want to know. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, uh, it's Prince Charles. He keeps refreshing the page. <laughs> oh, top lad, top man. <laughs> He's our top listener of uh, To Be Discussed. <laughs> I mean, I... I can't believe that the the queen came in second i'm i'm rather offended <laughs> yeah i mean obviously i think there is um a bit of a generational divide in terms of this though i think younger people are more inclined to be sympathetic to prince harry and Meghan than what maybe more older generations are so maybe that explains it 
Well, that is very, very true. Um, right. OK, let's move on to our fourth discussion of this evening. And we're asking the question, is it wrong that supermarkets are already stocking Easter confectionery? We are really starting to see the shops are filling up with Easter eggs and Easter themed items. We have only just put away our Christmas decorations and eaten up our Christmas chocolate and treats. So is it right that we are already having Easter confectionery forced in our faces? Callum? What do you think? Um, I, I think in in a certain sense, it's obviously kind of negative, you might say, um, because as you say, we've literally only just stopped celebrating Christmas and some people might have only just taken down their Christmas decorations, although that would have been rather late in all fairness. Um, but to then suddenly be like, oh, what's the next holiday? Oh, it's 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 Easter. Mm. Um it may may seem slightly wrong, but I, I'd I'd argue, um, and not to get too kind of ideological about this, but I think um, you know the the market dictates that, and the fact is people want to buy Easter confectionery now, um, and you know it's it doesn't really do any harm to anyone, um, for for people to be doing that, um, so so I guess in, in that sense I, I don't think it's wrong as such um you know it maybe shows that we're quite a commercial society nowadays um although we have been for a very long time as well um but you know i don't think it's the it's the worst thing in the world and at the end of the day um it's kind of pumping money into the economy as well making people buy easter eggs and and stuff like that i mean what do you think george do you think it's it's wrong um I think it's wrong in terms of the the shelf life of some of the products. I, I did a little trip today to the shops okay. um, to do a little bit of market research. And um, I was thinking... <laughs> Is that was what thinking, you call it, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Scoffing those mini <laughs> I see, I see. Market research. Lovely. Oh, yeah. Tasty market research. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, shut up, Callum. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I... <clears throat> excuse me. So, yeah, so I was I was looking at some of the dates on the back of these Easter eggs and some of the chocolates and some of them go out to date before Easter even happens. Um, and I and I just sit there and I sit back and I think to myself in a world in a society where we're trying to be better at, at controlling our carbon footprint. Um, why are we allowing ourselves to, to put stuff on the shelves that are going to go out of date before the, the time when we're supposed to give those gifts. I, I mean, I personally think the majority of people will buy Easter eggs and not give them until Easter when you are supposed to give them. Um, so what is the point of having an Easter egg now that is out that will go out of date by the time you give it to someone, unless you hate that person that you are giving it to? <laughs> um, so, so to me, I, I just find it hard. I think I don't have a problem with having the decorations out for, for Easter or whatever already for sale, but it's the things that will go out of date. There is no need. And, you know, if we're trying to create a better future in terms of climate change, then we need to stop wasting food products and productions like that. Yeah, I think that's a really good point, actually, George. I hadn't considered that the shelf life would be, um, <laughs> would, would expire before. <laughs> Uh, Easter um I mean incidentally George um because I don't know when actually is Easter just just so we can we can know this if, if you've got um, the date I don't I don't know actually Callum okay let me let me find out it's on the 12th of April Easter so that's quite a short shelf life really as well for for 
um, chocolatey products. Well, I thought they had a really long shelf life. It was it was the it was the more um, expensive chocolate that was that was. Um, oh, of less, course, you're a yeah. Tory, George. I forget, don't I sometimes? <laughs> well, look, I was eating all this chocolate to help the planet because I thought, you know, I don't want this to go to waste, so I just eat it all. Um, yeah, and you and are now, a true hero. Yeah, and now my <laughs> local shops are out of Easter eggs. <laughs> So, Saving yeah. the planet, George, yeah. one Easter egg at a time. Just call me Jesus Cup. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> right. And on that note, it is now time for our final song break of this evening. And don't forget to vote on this question. Is it wrong that supermarkets are already stocking Easter confectionery? And you can do that with the red in a code UK forward slash system. And we'll be back very soon. <laughs> Hello and welcome back. So for that break, we asked the question, is it wrong that supermarkets are already stocking Easter confectionery? And the results have just come in. So 56% of you said, yes, it is wrong. And 44% of you have said, no, it's not wrong. So Callum, what 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 do you think? Are those 56% going into the shops and eating all the Easter eggs to make sure there's no waste? <laughs> I hope I really hope they're doing that public service, George. I mean, it's <laughs> for the environment day. It is. They're doing it. So, you know, go go out and get those mini eggs and those I don't know what else they sell. I'm I'm hoping to get a, a medal for all my public service. Yeah, yeah. I I really think um you, you deserve one, George. I, I really, really do. Thanks. Can it be made of chocolate? <laughs> Well, yeah, I suppose, but you won't have it very long, will you? <laughs> True. <laughs> I'll just have a bit of ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> Tasty, though. Of course. <laughs> right, OK, so uh, thanks for listening to To Be Discussed with Kuffinger. We really hope you've enjoyed this episode. So as mentioned earlier, for the first segment of next week's show, we'd like you to send in your opinion on the question... Is social media overall negative to society? Uh, you can send those opinions by email to station at wizardradio.co.uk or through Twitter, that's at wizradio. So remember that question is, is social media overall negative to society? And we're looking forward to hearing those next week. But it's now time for George and I to say ciao for now. So I've been Callum Gert. And I've been the chocolate-loving George Cup. So uh, thanks very much for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week at the same time and the same place for another episode of To Be Discussed. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. 
Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour Foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m. and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.